You're listening to There I Was. These are short stories that guests hang around after the episode to share. Stories you might only hear in a fighter squadron bar or backyard barbecue. They support the podcast and you can get them as a Patreon supporter, Apple Podcast subscriber, and now Spotify subscriber. Hope you enjoy. Let's jump into There I Was. There we go. I got two places. So, sir, it's, uh, it's over to you. All right. Great. All right, John, I want to share this story with you as demo pilot to demo pilot and see if you ever had anything like this. So I'm a new demo pilot. It's relatively new in the season. I'm pretty excited. I've been appointed to take this F-15 around the country and just put it through its paces. And um, we always flew it with a limited fuel load. We slicked it off. There were no rails on it or anything. So this thing was really high performance airplane. And it's an F-15, so it's got 50,000 pounds of thrust. And you flew the Viper, so it's got the equivalent of the thrust-to-weight ratio, right? So we're at an air show in Arizona, and it was was one of of my first. That was early in the season. I'm a a pretty young captain, but very experienced F-15 pilot. So Arizona, I forget exactly what the MSL was, but it was pretty high. Temperature's pretty high, so density out to is probably up around eight to 10,000 feet range, somewhere in there. Okay, Certainly yeah. higher than I'd ever flown a demo before. So right before the demo, I'm talking to some air show performers. So I got to really admire, you know, the, the people like the uh, Sean Tucker and Michael Goulian and Patty Wagstaff. And you, you get to know those people and they're incredible pilots. So I was sort of right. picking their brain on, hey, I'm a combat pilot. But how do I become a good air show pilot, right? Like, you've seen my demo, like, what would you do? And I forget who it was, but one of them said, you're too loose. You're, there's too much time in between your maneuvers. You got to do your maneuver and keep it tight and come back in between the crowd. Oh, okay. So I just got to reposition a little bit. Yeah, don't be so loose on your repositions. Keep the G on the airplane and get back to show center. Okay. Uh, so I'm now I'm going to try this which is always a bad idea, yeah. <laughs> you know, not on the practice range, not at altitude, right. but I'm going to tighten my air show. And it just so happens that I'm at Arizona where the high density altitude and high heat, you probably know what's coming. So we get into the show and I'm pulling it around and with each subsequent maneuver, I'm slower and slower. And I come back through, I, I don't remember what the maneuver was, but I come back now to come back by show center. So I'm in a reposition off to the left and make a right hand turn back to show center. And I'm trying to tighten up this reposition. And I'm in the buffet and I'm in full afterburner in the buffet. I had come back too soon and got too much vertical. And I'm coming towards, you know, the show line. I'm supposed to roll out on the show line. I'm coming towards the show line. I'm in full afterburner, full buffet in the F-15. You know, we had a floor of 500 feet. And now I'm just hoping I don't bust the floor. Now I'm realizing I'm hoping I don't hit the ground. So I roll out of, go wings level, you know, to reduce the G on the airplane, get more, more vertical lift, full afterburner, unload a little bit. And I extend through the show line and then get my wings level and work my way back to, you know, the show line and make a flat pass across the show line. Right. And I end up finishing when I land and I'm thinking, as you know, the FAA watches every one of these. And I'm taxing back in. I'm thinking, man, that's probably, that's probably my last demo. 
because <laughs> I, I busted the show line. I busted the 500 foot floor. Now, thankfully it was away from where the crowd was, but you know, so I taxi in and sure enough, there's an FAA guy standing on the ramp waiting on me. I think, well, how this short lived demo career. Right. It's fun. So, um, I shut down my engines and I, and fortunately I think to myself, some quote that one of my pals gave me, probably one of these old crusty Vietnam guys. And they said, Hey, Hey, this never can the knife to the guy to cut you with. Right. So and what are you saying was, I forget what it, in what scenario it was, but it was, just, you know, take it easy. Just listen to, just let the situation evolve a little bit. Right. So that comes to my mind. So I just shut the engine down and I look, I look down off the ladder, you know, and he's standing there looking at me. He goes, how you doing? I said, good. How you doing? He goes, how'd the show go? I've eh, flown better, you know? And he goes, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, would you mind if my grandson came up and take a look in your cockpit? <laughs> I'd be delighted for your grandson to come up. So I safe everything up. His grandson comes up. I sit him in the lap. He looks out right. He goes back down. And that's all he wanted. And I, I got so lucky, John, because at that show site, there was like a little sort of curvature or a hump. So when I went lower than, you know, the 500 foot uh, bubble, and I don't remember how low I was. I mean, I didn't come close to hitting the ground or anything, but I was lower than I intended to be and lower than yeah. the 500 foot floor. It just looked like it was uh, looking on the tape. It looked like it was a, a visual illusion, you know, just from the hump of there. So people couldn't tell just how just how poorly flown that maneuver was. So I got away with one there. I, I have a few of those. The, uh, the best one, and this is actually, so Loco, he is now, he's manning a Raptor squadron. Loco is a great dude, um, which is kind of funny. We were out at Heritage Flight Training Conference out in Arizona preseason, you know, out there with the Warbirds. But the last day, like Sunday, we were going to put all the demo pilots up and then we're doing doesn't really matter here, but needless to say, it's the A-10 takes off first, then I take off, then the F-35 takes off, and then the Raptor takes off. And we're doing a right-hand turnout like over the base, you know, over the crowd, if you will. That's where they are. And the FAA, they're out there because they're out there certifying the demo. We had changed up Heritage, so they're certifying that. They, you know, it's a little more scrutiny on us that year. But Loco, you know, he's in the Raptor. It's his, it is his first, going into his first season. And I'm pulling clothes, rejoining. Um, and I see Loco pulling clothes in front of me. Like fangs, like his fangs are through the floor. <laughs> but he does this turnout right over show center to affect the rejoin. Uh, which, I mean, if you're at show center, they said it was like the most epic thing ever to watch. Is this Raptors going over him at 50 feet. Just full blower obviously doing this rejoin but loco he's like i comes back he's like yeah my air show career is over I, it just started and it's over you know he's like you know the faa like ah that was pretty awesome don't do that in an air show kind of kind of deal but you know you just never know what they're gonna say i like that don't give them the knife to kill you <laughs> yeah <laughs> where that phrase is off the stage yeah right? yeah so but you know yeah. and the lesson learned from that was even in a powerful Jet with thrust to weight ratios like you and I are flying, intensity altitude can still wreak havoc with the performance of your airplane. Well, that's I, in my Rio Negro show that I mentioned in the the main episode. Again, the density altitude, you know, for that show, I mean, it averaged anywhere from like ten thousand to twelve thousand feet, depending on the day. 
And so I flew a much looser show. Granted, I'd had a few shows underneath my belt and I'd flown in some hot environments prior to that, which was good because the Viper, if you're between 330 and 440, life is great. You get below 330, that turn circle is going to open up and that thing just becomes a pig. I've never flown the Eagle, but guys, I am, you know, going through the T38. I mean, when you're slow, you're feeling the buffet, the jet's talking to you. The Viper, it's not really talking to you, and you're not getting any of the movement, you know, yeah. the big movements of the yeah. stick. You just kind of based on like wind rush and how that thing is feeling. Um, you can find yourself just a pig in space, just with full grunt and well below the power curve trying to make it happen. It was, not where you want to be in life. Yeah. 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 I agree. So that, that was a good lesson learned. So I, I kept working on tightening up my show, but not at high density altitude. Yeah. Nor. I, yeah, that's like I had one, one of the performers, I again, asked the question, what can you do? And he's like, you know, in your Cuban eight, you know, if you pause uh, yeah. 90 degrees a turn, you know, on the down yeah, line, I, like, I think it'd look really good to get the flash, yeah. you know, where did I do it? I did it at the show, which was, it was, it was fine. It was really mundane, but I was like, that probably wasn't the right spot right. to go out there and try yeah. it was during the show. I probably should have tried that at home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sir, thanks for sharing that. Okay. I really do appreciate it. Hey, John, I got a story to tell you about uh, the Thunderbirds if you want another one. Oh, but yeah, absolutely. It, it may not be where you're expecting, so you may, uh, you may decide not to use it, which I don't care. But this was one of the most um, emotional and meaningful days to me in, in my Thunderbird career, but especially uh, just life in general. So with the Thunderbirds, we would have these events, we called them Farkles, and they were... I think it stood for friend and relatives, kin and likely extensions. And what it was, was for a Farkle before the show would start. Like if the show was on a Saturday and we were always the last ones to fly at three, maybe at like noon or something, you'd have an aircraft at a hangar and you would invite uh, friends or family in to have just a kind of special booing of an aircraft and talk to the pilots and the maintenance people and all that. Well, we went to somewhere i think this was a hill but I, I i'm not certain of it but we anyways we're having this sparkle but it's a weird farkle and i was really busy so i, I didn't pay a whole lot of it and it was just another farkle done a ton of them right and this one though was just this single woman and she was probably my age maybe a little bit older at the time and she's standing out or by the airplane when we come in and it's a little unusual that she just stand there by herself she doesn't have any family that on the team standing with her or anything and I'm thinking, huh. So we walk up and we show her the airplane and we introduce ourselves and she's looking around. She start asked, starts asking us a bunch of questions like, what kind of movies do you guys watch? What, what kind of ice cream do you like? What's your favorite meal? You know, just these real kind of, not, not uh, intrusively personal things, but more like personal likes. So we, we speak to her for a while and finally she goes, huh, yeah, well... Thank you for doing this. You see, my dad was a Thunderbird pilot, and he was killed in a crash. And it turns out he was uh, the pilot that got killed at Cleveland, our air show, one of them. And um, I was just three or four years old when he died, and I barely remember him. And I just feel like by getting to know you guys and knowing what you were like and what you liked, that I just feel like I get to know my dad a little more through that. And you want to talk about an just incredible moment in a hangar. 
And that was the most dramatic. But there were parts like that of the Thunderbird experience with different people fighting cancer or whatever. And the, the things that you could bring to them because of what you represented is part of what made that job so, so rewarding. The impact you have there, again, you probably know with that, like the immediate feedback, the impact you have. But there's so many of those scenarios where you don't really necessarily know. I see it now, and ironically with the podcast, is now there's another means for people to to reach out. I've actually in the past week had a couple people reach out about seeing the demo and meeting, and now they're going you know off to ROTC or pursuing this or that. And and obviously it's just one one data point. But I always the challenge of demo was a, a single ship or you know the Thunderbirds. I think it's, it's busy and you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And while it is fun, there's repetition there. And it's like, what city am I in now? You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, flying the demo. And my challenge for me personally, and you know, always challenge the, the team to do the same thing. While this might be the 300th time you've seen the demo or flown it, gone to an air show, this is this one person's only time they're at the airship right. and it might be the only person from the air force or to the department of defense that they ever come up close to and have a conversation with this one interaction right. that is going to be insignificant to yeah. you but for them it might be a life change it might be the fork in the road that puts them down one path or the other so that that is the Very true. that was a challenge yeah. you know yeah. but you just never know the impact you have it's really cool when you actually hear get some of the feedback. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was worth it, but obviously not always the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So. Well, sir, again, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I know people, again, me, I got goosebumps listening to it. Cause again, you can, unfortunately over the career, um, you know, I've lost several buddies. Fortunately, not all had children. I think that adds a whole nother dynamic, uh, just to begin with, but, I can't, I can, it's like, I, you know, having young kids, right? like, if I was gone, like, what their life be like, and then I could see, you know, like, they would want to know what their dad was like, and maybe being around the people he was a part of would give them some kind of closure. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, it really was. Pretty moving day. Well, sir, thank you again for joining me. I'd love to have you back on here yeah, again. Yeah, let's so, do it. Uh, thanks thanks, thanks for what you're doing with the podcast. Love it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this segment of There I Was. Thanks for supporting the podcast out. By being a subscriber, you help the podcast grow and keep the lights on. We'll see you next time.